Hello, and welcome to the Jesus Heals podcast. This is Sister Andrew, again, after um, quite a long hiatus of not recording anything, but I'm happy to be back with y'all, and whenever you listen to this, know that I've been praying for you. And one exciting thing I just want to say briefly is now, I just think within the last couple of days, we have come to one year of this podcast existing, so it's been around for one year, and I hope I can share with y'all for for much more time, for many more weeks, and maybe even years, who knows, whatever God wants, but I am happy to have made it to this point, and maybe this year I'll get to record some more episodes than last year. We can try, <laughs> so know that Everyone who listens to this is in my prayers as always, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to just share that Jesus heals with people. That's that's the whole point. It's everything I want to do. Everything that Jesus has put on my heart is to just share that he heals, that he is the divine physician, and he heals you and me and all of us every day. So... As I was reflecting on what to share, I wanted to, I had great ideas and had all these crazy ideas to do for like an anniversary podcast or something, but I couldn't quite solidify my ideas. So I just want to share with you today two gospel passages that have been really striking me a lot lately that have been coming up in prayer that I've been going to Jesus for and or going to Jesus with rather. And one of them is one of my favorites and I'm pretty sure I've talked about it at least a couple times on this podcast before, so bear with me as I share it with you again. But the gospel passages I wanted to share, they both remind me that Jesus comes to heal us. He comes to us. He comes to wherever we are, in whatever situation we're in, and he offers himself and he offers his healing to us in each moment. Um, You know, I, I might think, I often think, well, I've already been through this. I already did that. I did this. But there can always be deeper healing and a a deeper moment of communion between myself and Jesus. So the same for you, for anybody. There can always be deeper communion. And until we get to heaven and we're in complete communion with them, which with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with God the Father, you know, that's everything. Um, But until then, um, I know I need reminders. And I think most of us need reminders that Jesus heals, and that he comes to heal us. So the two gospel passages I want to share with you all today, um, the first is the woman at the well. Some passages just call it the Samaritan woman. And then that's from the gospel of John. And then from the gospel of Mark, an episode of the man in the synagogue with the withered hand. And so first, I want to share about the Samaritan woman, or the woman at the well. And I'm going to read a little bit of that scripture passage. I won't read the whole passage, but I'll read pieces. And it's from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. The whole thing is verses 7 through 42, but I won't read all of that right now. But if you want to look it up later and pray with it, I encourage you to. It's always great to pray with God's word and see what the Holy Spirit reveals to us with his word. So now, we'll just read and have a little reflection. So the Samaritan woman. Jesus had to pass through Samaria. 
And he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her and answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. And at this the woman is confused. I'm kind of ad-libbing here and giving a little description of some of the verses. And she thinks he's talk he's talking about the water in the well. And Jesus is talking about more than that. Like he says later on, Whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman is still thinking that he's talking about the like water from the well. And so she says, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And this is where a really big encounter happens. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him and said, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman affirms that she sees that Jesus is a prophet and asks about the differences between the people of Samaria and the Jews because they worshipped in different places. And then Jesus, the woman asks Jesus, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Anointed. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking with you. And in that moment, the disciples come back and they're shocked that Jesus is talking to this woman and they don't know who she is, but they didn't ask anything. And in that moment, the woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who has told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So she forgot everything. She went to get water and she met Jesus and it changed her life. And she went to tell people about him. Then Jesus goes on to speak to his disciples in the passage. But then it says in verse 39, Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me everything I have done. Then it says, many more began to believe in him because of his word, because they got to know Jesus. They invited him to stay with them, and they listened to him. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. So this passage, there's, there's a lot going on, and I just want to share a little bit with you 
what strikes me about it, and I, I hope that it will bless you too. And Jesus comes to Samaria and sits at this well in the middle of the day at a time when this specific woman would be there. It's noon. Most women would come to draw their water, not in the heat of the day, but it's said by different scholars and things and commentators that this woman, because of her situation, that she had had so many different men in her life, you know, she was kind of avoiding the other woman, women in the town. Like she wasn't probably accepted among them because of her lifestyle and because of choices she had made. But this woman, and because of her choices, she was in need of healing, in need of communion, in need of hope, a new life, all these things. And those things, we look for them in many different ways, even now, but really they come from Jesus. They come from an encounter with Jesus where he tells us the truth and we're finally in a place in our lives when we can accept it. So about this woman, the woman of Samar the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well, there's a tradition in the Eastern churches. So most Catholics in the States are Roman Catholics, but in the East, there's a tradition that gives this woman a name. We just call her the woman at the well. But the Orthodox Church and the Eastern churches honor her as Saint Fotina. And the name means the luminous or enlightened one. This is the name by tradition that it's thought that she received at baptism. So they'll say in tradition that after her meeting with Jesus, her testimony brought many people to the faith. And she's described in some of the Eastern churches as equal to the apostles, right? Because she left everything before, everything that she was before. She left her water jar. She left everything and went and told people what Jesus knew, that Jesus knew everything she had done. And the interesting part of that is Jesus said to her everything she had done. He said she had five husbands, but he didn't say it to shame her. He said it so that it could be brought to the light and that she could find in Jesus what she was looking for. And that's what he does with us. Jesus will never shame us. Jesus will never shame you. He will say the truth, and sometimes that's hard to hear. But he says it to be able to bring us into fuller communion. So Jesus, he knew everything about her, for the purpose, and he called out everything about her to bring her into communion with him. It's like her shame was changed into glory. And just like before her encounter with Jesus, everybody in town knew who she was. They knew what she had done. She's kind of an outcast getting water in the middle of the day. And she met Jesus, and then everyone knew her for her testimony of the Messiah. And this is what we all can have. This is what I want to have in my life. If anything in my past, if anything in your past is causing us shame, Jesus wants to bring it out of us, to bring it to the light, to heal it. And then we can have the freedom and space to give him glory. This is him coming to heal us. And once you're healed, 
And there's so many instances of this. Um, we've been reading the Gospel of Mark these days in the liturgy in Mass, and the Gospel of Mark is is full of healing stories. And then it's also um, known for what's called like the messianic secret and things. And often in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus will heal people and then tell them not to tell anybody. But then it it'll say it immediately they went and told everybody. Because <laughs> if you've been healed from what has been bringing you down for, for forever, for maybe your whole life, you can't not tell people about it. People will notice that you're different. They should. They should notice. If you've encountered Jesus and he's changed you, people will notice something. And And we can't stop talking about it because Jesus gives life and we want that same life for other people. So St. Fotina, the woman at the well, we can ask for her intercession so that we too can, we can be like her. That whatever is holding us back, maybe whatever we're ashamed about, um, we can meet Jesus there. Jesus meets us there, just like he met her at the well. And Jesus says the things that we're ashamed of, but not to shame us, but to bring us into communion with him. There's so much more I could say um, about that, but I just, I want to, I feel like I should just leave it and invite you, if if you feel inspired, to pray with that passage. Um, again, it's the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 7 to 42. So pray with that, and if you do, and if you want to share something with me, um, leave it in a comment or something, or share this podcast with somebody else, if, if it would help them. And the next gospel passage I want to talk about briefly is the man with the withered hand. And this is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. And it says, Again Jesus entered the synagogue. There was a man there who had a withered hand. They watched him closely to see if he would cure him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Come up here before us. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil? To save life rather than to destroy it? But they remained silent. Looking around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately took counsel with the Herodians against him to put him to death. So, this is a rather intense passage, right? Like the the Pharisees, and they're trying to trip up Jesus. Um, You're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath, and they see healing as work. Right, but again, I would say healing is Jesus bringing us into communion, into wholeness. It's taking away anything that's holding us back from living our life fully and freely. Because living life fully and freely is, is being in communion with Jesus. So the thing that, that struck me about this passage is Jesus saw the man. And, and, you know, I heard in a homily the other day, like, 
we don't know if did the Pharisees put that man there to see if Jesus would notice him and try to heal him? You know, were they trying to trip him up? And and Jesus probably knows. He knows everything. He's God, right? Not that he probably knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows what was in the Pharisees' hearts. He knows what they were thinking. He knows all of it. But he sees the man and he sees something that's holding the man back. Because with a withered hand, maybe there were all kinds of reasons that that would affect the man's life. He couldn't work. He was probably seen as an outcast of a bit. Like he was, because he wasn't fully like whole, like, and it was obvious. It was seen. You can't hide that. You can't hide your hand. So Jesus sees him and calls him to come up before everybody. Come up here before us is what Jesus says. But I imagine, I mean, it doesn't say explicitly in the scriptures, but I would say, I would imagine Jesus is up in front of everybody because everybody can see Jesus. So he's calling the man to himself. He's saying, come up here with me and stretch out your hand. And as he stretched out his hand, it was restored. And he was with Jesus when this happens and everybody was watching. So the question I had when I prayed with this and that I, I want to offer to you is do I let myself and my wounds be seen by Jesus? There's a huge vulnerability there. So it can be really hard and sometimes we're not ready, right? So, and Jesus is really patient. Jesus isn't going to force us. He isn't going to demand anything from us. He waits and he calls us to himself. He calls us to come to him and to stretch out our hand, so to speak, to show him our wound and he will restore it. And some people will say, well, I've, I've done too much. You know, I'm, I'm too broken. You know, I'm not worthy. Well, none of us are worthy. Like, Jesus is God. He's perfect. And, and we're sinners. <laughs> I'm a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. But Jesus wants to heal us. That's why he came. He came to bring us into full communion with the Father. So I was reading something the, the other day, and I meant to write down where this was from, but I've... I forgot, so I'll have to look it up later. But it's a quote from, I think, from a book I was reading. And it said, The only unhealable wound is the one that is intentionally hidden from the divine physician. So the only thing that's unhealable by Jesus is something that we actively, intentionally hide from Jesus, the divine physician. He knows it already, but he's patient and he's kind. And he lets us come to him. He's continually calling us to him in different ways. And once we get used to hearing his voice, we can recognize it more. But sometimes it can be hard to know, um, especially if we're weighed down by something that's really painful to us. Shame or a wound or whatever it is. So... I invite you, I invite all of us, just to take time and ask, is there one thing, is there one thing that's holding me back, one wound that I know, one um, thing that I think isn't able to be healed by Jesus? Just one thing, like maybe it's a relationship or um, a way you think about yourself or, yeah, any any kind of thing. Is there one thing that you think isn't possible to be healed 
and ask Jesus for the grace to bring that to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten you, and we'll just take a moment now, and we can pray with this. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and enlighten each of us, enlighten our hearts, fill us with light, and that anything in us that is dark or wants to hide, show us one thing. Maybe it's a vow I've made, like I will I will never agree with that person again because of what they did to me. Or we think I'm not good enough because of whatever. Or we're ashamed because of something we did in the past. Maybe we've even gone to confession for it. We've confessed it, we've been forgiven, but we still hold on to it. And we think I could never be worthy of full forgiveness from Jesus. And those are lies. They're not true. So whatever the Holy Spirit reveals to you, to us in this time, I pray in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm not good enough. In the name of Jesus, I renounce that whatever I've done is unforgivable. And imagine, if you want to imagine, you're invited to imagine Jesus in front of you whenever you're ready. And the thing that's holding you back, the thing, the wound or the shame or whatever it is, imagine you have it in your hands. And whenever you're ready, you can offer it to Jesus and give it to him. And see what he does with it or what he says to you or how you feel in that moment. Jesus, I thank you for this time of prayer. I thank you for everything that you will reveal to us for all of the things you want to free us from, all of the shame you want to take from us, all of the burdens you want to take from us. And in gratitude, Jesus, thank you for your peace, for your life, for the hope that you give us. May all of these gifts be increased in us so that they go out to everyone that we meet. May we be full of your peace and joy and love so that we can carry it out to our world. Pray for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I thank you for listening, and know that I am praying for all of you, and please pray for me as well. God bless you.